Now, for something completely different, here is your host, Brian Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people of all sexes, especially those of you who have completed putting up your 4th of July decorations, welcome to the Happy Tooth episode of The Two and Only, a weekly drill down into the roots of fascism festering in the fetid fields, hosting the overflowing cesspool we fondly refer to as Washington politics, and the supporting tsunami of egregious media muck. Brian Wilson's my name, occasional scribbler, former radio and TV talk show host, and last living legend before the interstate. Joining me once again is best-selling author of Last Rights, The Death of American Liberty, the Energizer Bunny of the New York Post opinion page, the only writer today with a vacancy sign on his 12-year molar, and recent recipient of the American Dental Association's first annual Happy Tooth Award, the beard-bedecked James Bovard. Well, I was not aware we're going to have a dental theme today, but what the heck? I'm, well, uh, I hope you didn't, but what listeners don't know yet, of course, obviously, is that I was uh, received uh, firsthand information that Mr. Bovard uh, lost a filling since we last spoke, and apparently recently, and I was just going to say that they, uh, it was a gold filling with the price of gold these days. Hey, it may pay for itself getting replaced. Uh, in my dreams. No, it, <laughs> it was a, a huge, uh, bulky filling. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's sort of like a um, it's sort of like the Monty Python skit about the dead parrot. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> folks that might recall that you know the source sells a guy a dead parrot. He comes back later. He says this parrot's dead, and the, and the shop clerk says no, it's only sleeping. And so so yeah, there's a huge chunk out. But uh, this is on a, a tooth that was um, had a root canal about thirty years ago. Wow. And so, uh, so I've got to get, you know, uh, you know, probably an implant or some major work done on that. But I mean, you know, Shazam, the tooth was already dead. I guess that's about as close as I, I can get to dental humor today. You're yeah, off to a much yeah. better start than I am on this. I, I was, I was just afraid that it was just another way of Germany getting even with you. I didn't know the. <laughs> well, I didn't have a lot of anesthetic for that root canal from the family <laughs> dentist. Way yeah. back in the uh, earlier part of my life, but but hey, I don't want to sound bitter. No, no, I and nor should you, nor should you. Just a little inside humor here for those of us in the studio. Uh, let it uh, go with that. Marathon I, uh, Man, it? that's the movie. Uh, Marathon Man. Oh, Marathon. Oh man, Marathon Man. You know, is it safe? Really? Oh, can't watch that movie again. <laughs> okay, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was about to say I was enjoying the uh, zestiest zingers posting at uh, jimbover.com and thought that uh, being the first uh, two and only of the year, we might take a short tour of the bunch, revive some memories, and uh, get your take on uh, what came uh, after you wrote them. So uh, give some uh, extra time to let this uh, new year ferment and see how fertile events will be uh, to uh, grow another crop by uh, this time next year. I went through and highlighted a bunch of them that I thought were compelling, and uh, we could um, deal with them as they come up. Uh, for example, uh, one of the first ones, telling the truth. These are all quotes now, and if you, we're not going to be able to get to all of them. So um, so go to jimbovard.com at your earliest convenience, and you'll see them right up there. It's Estes Zingers 2023. Before I get to, into the quotes and stuff, how many of these found their way into Last Rites? Uh, probably about 25, 30%. Um, I'm probably going to do another uh, posting of epigrams. I've I've been doing 
uh, some JPEG uh, quote memes from uh, lines from Last Rites. Um, I've got a bunch of other lines broken down by subject, which I'll probably start. Uh, this, uh, this is uh, January is tub thumping month for me. So ah, going to be okay. doing a lot of tub thumping this tub, month. That's good. And that's, that's good. Um, it's a good thing that, that Presbyterians have no modesty. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'll just lurch right into it, but I'm going to do it, probably do a series of uh, roundups of, um, of, of uh, one-liners, epigrams from uh, last rites by subject in the coming weeks. Oh, that's great. That's great. I look forward to that because I can use a lot of material for the quotes without comments that I put up on on uh, Facebook. And they uh, need a good uh, good supply of those. And uh, if Presbyterians have no have no pride, the Episcopalians have no modesty. That's for sure. Or was it the okay, other way Okay. Well, I, I think uh, we've got the uh, the uh, bases covered. I, I think we're in good shape. <laughs> I don't, you can say everything. I won't say anything. Truth. Uh, telling the truth. Telling the truth is the only war crime now recognized by the U.S. government. So I read that and I thought, I'm Julian Assange and I approve this epigram. <laughs> Good line. Yeah, I was thinking of Julian Assange. Uh, I wrote USA Today five years ago that he deserves a presidential medal of freedom. Um, I failed to persuade the Trump White House. Mm. Similarly, I failed to persuade the Biden White House in my articles on uh, Assange, but he uh, he's someone who did the world a favor, and it's a shame to see how he's persecuted. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of people making Herculean efforts out there to do something about it, but I just between you and me, I I don't have high hopes that it's going to uh, work out well for him in the end. But uh, I don't know. Maybe if there's uh, somebody new in the White House come uh, January, there might be something there. But there's my idealism shining through to save democracy. Team Biden treats cynicism like a weapon of mass destruction. Now, I read that and I thought, you know, under different circumstances, that would make your writing a high explosive. <laughs> hey, that's, you know, that's the best chance I have for setting the page on fire. That's true. Uh, yeah. So uh, the, the, the Biden folks and their guidance, their, uh, I think it was a national strategy for countering uh, terrorism and extremism and 2021 put out by either the White House or Department of Homeland Security was talking about the, uh, you know, about the need to, you know, bolster um, trust in government and things like that. And that's why we have at, we've had so much censorship, because mm -hmm. if uh, because if people lose faith in government by finding out what the government's doing, then that's it's going to be impossible for them to feel like they're self-governing themselves because they won't approve of what the government did in their name. Yeah, well, I, that's a behavioral calculus I can't even begin to follow, but I do understand. Huh. I had I, I was I was sitting here at the start of that, and I was I had vaguely well, this is going to be really clever, and then it's kind of like after about three different phrases, I said, "Okay, curtain of mercy." <laughs> well, I, I will say though that it uh, what I've learned in in my associations and whatever few public appearances I've made with the general public and other areas. I, I do find that cynicism and sarcasm and some of those other works of art are, are losing favor that there, there are whole generations now that just, they, they don't even, they don't understand it. You might as well slip into your native Sanskrit or something. They, for all of the comprehension you get out of making a sarcastic comment about something. The yeah. Whole... Well, it's, it, it, it's sad to see that Thomas Carlyle is, is now the, uh, 
guides, sorry, for a lot of young people. Uh, Thomas Carlyle said that sarcasm is the language of the devil. You know, but hey, it's just, you know, the devil wasn't all wrong. Yeah, and devil's in the details, too. That's uh, There's a lot of things to be said about that, but um, what a cheap retort. You know, I mean, anytime somebody casts out an ad hominem, you know they've lost the argument. So far as uh, Mr. Carlisle is concerned, he can go take a running jump at himself. But I think sarcasm, cynicism, you know, H.L. Mencken was really good at that, uh, um, at sarcasm, some of his... Uh, like the magic wand when he was at his best. Oh, man. But uh, moving along, moving along, the, the January 6th prosecutions. The January 6th prosecutions are part of a growing FBI onslaught against dissent. I think about that quite frequently, and I'd, I'd like to do something. I'd like to write something about it. I remember, uh, what was her name? Marjorie Taylor Greene. She had a post on X uh, several weeks ago. It was a picture, actually, of a man. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. That's a great disservice. But he's a prisoner. He's one of these January 6th prisoners. He's been in this 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 room, this cell. It was about the size of a walk-in closet with a cot and sanitary mechanics there and he's that's it he's solitary confinement for for over it must be two years now so i was curious when i read that is are you aware of any serious efforts uh being made to actually free these people anything within the legal mechanism or political mechanism these guys who've been held uh, like that literally for years because they took a walk in the people's house well yeah i mean uh, some of the people that are being held uh, uh did do uh, violence or de destroy property most of them did not Part of the frustration here is you've had a lot of uh, Republicans and conservative politicians and organizations claim to be fundraising for these folks when almost all of them have had to rely on public defenders for their uh, federal court cases. And, you know, there are some very good public defenders out there, but it's not the same as what you had with Kyle Rittenhouse when you had the, the My Pillow guy step up and cover his uh, legal defense. That was nice. Um, so you have all these folks who are being valorized by conservatives, but the my impression is there's not been much money going to pay for the, um, to get them decent, uh, 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 to pay for them to get better legal defense. Yeah. And that's that's one of the travesties, but there is, there is a core doctrine on a lot of these cases uh, that the uh, Biden Justice Department pulled out of its ear uh, on the Sarbanes-Oxley law, just completely changing the meaning of a key provision. My understanding is that the Supreme Court will be hearing arguments on this. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure it was accepted by the Supreme Court on cert, but I think it is. And that's one of the best chances for, um, you know, just completely changing how these cases have gone. So many of the cases. Well, I hope so. I mean, it's uh, people. People say, "Oh, you imagine this happening in America?" Okay, fine. If you busted a window or so on, but uh, you know, to get uh, two, three years in solitary confinement without legal representation, without parole, without anything, you get to walk outside for an hour a, a day, like Julian Assange. Actually, you know, it's, it's just uh, beyond, beyond. It's just beyond anything you can imagine, as they always say. You know, happening in America, and yet it is. And you got some of these people, some of these. Uh, MAGA Republicans up there jumping up and down about what a horrible travesty this is, and then they go out and play golf. And I just think that's uh, that's a big yep. travesty. Yep, and uh, I, uh, that was why on the cover of Last Rights, I've got the photo I took there in uh, March of 2021 yep. with the barbed wire surrounding the Capitol. 
and the gleam of that barbed wire is like, yeah, t tell us about self-government here. Yeah, tell us about keep this your is the distance. people's house, all that other bull crap. The hypocrisy is uh, is the only thing more ripe than the, than the sarcasm that uh, could be it could be dealt with. Um, well, I appreciate the information. I was hoping I had totally overlooked that uh, the lack of legal representation uh, for for those guys or being able to afford it and so on. I, I had not seen or heard of any GoFundMe pages or anything like that. The whole thing just seems to get swept under the rug. It doesn't get any media attention because, of course, they're all horrible, terrible people and are getting exactly what they deserve. Well, it, my impression is that there have been some fundraising operations, but the but the money that was raised did not go to help defend the uh, uh, January 6th uh, uh, class of group. Um, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong on that. If so, I apologize to whoever I was. You know, I don't know. I'll look. I'll look into it. Like I say, if you're trying to find coverage or coverage that's you know, that's exposing the injustice of what these people are going through and being subjected to, uh, even even the ones who cause damage. Right? So they poked a hole in a in a window with a chair or something like that. I mean, nobody got killed. Nobody had guns. There was no fires. There was no anything. So, you know, so the you get two years in solitary confinement. I mean, that's, uh, sorry, that, uh, that's just over the top. Yep. If you expect billionaires and political weasels to save the earth, you'll love the World Economic Forum at Davos, Switzerland. That's a Klaus Schwab and his, uh, and the eat your bugs and be happy gang, right? Uh, that's it. That's the, uh, that's a group with the famous motto. You will own nothing and be happy and we will be very happy. Yeah. I thought there was a song about that somewhere. Be happy. I'll have to look that up. I wonder though. Uh, from I Showboat. I got plenty of nothing and nothing's <laughs> plenty, for <me. laughs> plenty for me. Right. I wonder how much of what they say they're going to do, they're actually getting done. To read various releases and so on, they've they've infiltrated uh, governments around the world. They've uh, infiltrated the United Nations. Is carrying their water for them. They're having uh, treaties and edicts and mandates signed and imposed. And I don't hear too much about that actually taking effect. It seems like so much hoopla. Well, see, but but this is just one more reason why I'm paranoid of the British monarchy. <laughs> they the, come back to the, in memory serves, the uh, new king of England has made some speeches on the environment that's kind of like that are, you know, almost beyond satire because he's talking about, well, you know, people need to conserve. It's like, except for my kingdom and all my castles and all yeah. my jets. And it's like, you know, um, I don't I don't know how far the uh, world economic uh, uh, cabal has gotten, but they've, they've got a lot of noxious ideas. And uh, one of my you know, part of what's fun about being able to slap these things up on the um, on a blog like this is that I can use language I couldn't use otherwise. And uh, watching the stories and from last year about that World Economic Forum, it occurred to me that people can judge an audience by how much bullshit they accept from the podium, because you got people like Al Gore there or John Kerry, you know, with uh, super wealthy, lavish lifestyles lecturing about well you know we need to have zero carbon and all this and and it's like if the audience is nodding for that stuff it's like okay you're useless or worse well if that is if that turned out to be uh beyond uh, beyond if that turned out to be a basic truth about the how much bullshit you know the, you take for the podium it kind of makes you wonder how many people why so many people stay seated during a joe biden state of the union address 
Well, yeah, but uh, you know, but one thing I one thing I want to clarify was talking about judging an audience by how much bullshit they take from the podium. Um, it doesn't count for radio microphones. Oh. Oh. Well, I don't know, but it certainly might explain why why so many people would stampede to the exits on the few occasions I've been invited to give a speech. Maybe that uh huh. I think back fondly to some of the hecklers at some of the speeches uh, which I've given to folks that were very upset because I criticized torture. It's like, well, you know, I didn't know that torture was a controversial issue nowadays, but okay. <laughs> I think I've only been present for two of your addresses. Uh, the one uh, at the convention, the Libertarian Convention out in Ohio. And um, I don't know, the, uh, most of the food that they threw was edible. So I think that was probably okay. Ah, ah, good line, good line. Another one I I, uh, I was fond of. Biden has gotten lost on stage so many times that Waze should create a special app for Joe to navigate his next steps. See, now I thought that weren't they beta testing that at the Air Force Academy when he hit the sandbag? <laughs> well, you know, it's just it's just strange because you. I did a New York Post column on that uh, crash and burn. I was just thinking, okay, so where exactly did he trip? And it's like, well, the bag of sand. Well. The bag of sand doesn't look on this like, you know, he went and and hit the, um, you know, hit the stage there like he'd been, you know, cold cocked by uh, Mike Tyson. It's yeah. like, you know, and then they were, you know, it took like three people to get him back on his feet. And, I, you know, I had the picture in my mind of a referee, six, <laughs> seven, eight, <laughs> nine. Okay, you're out. You're out. Call Kamala. Yeah, that uh, that was quite something. I I think I may have mentioned in a previous conversation. I still, uh, when I see that clip every once in a while, I'm still astounded by the number of people in the background in the bleachers there that don't even move. I mean, guys that, you know, in their full dress uniforms and all the rest of that is really kind of uh, kind of astounding. They, Use your um, Secret Service agents. Yeah, well, that's probably it. That 1963 it. joke didn't work. It's all right. Somebody will get it. How about, um, this is another, hatred is simply another issue conscripted for a Biden get out the vote drive. And we may laugh our cynical laugh, but uh, isn't hate and anger rather than freedom and liberty the driving forces behind voter turnout these days? Yeah, there is. Well, it's interesting. You go back 100 years, historian Henry Adams said, politics has always been about the organization of hatred. Mm. And, oh, that's good. I, and I don't know that that's always true. But I mean, certainly the last in this country, the last, uh, I guess, seven or eight, nine years, it's permeated. And part of what fascinates me about Biden is that he can do a two step and he starts out just vilifying and demonizing anybody who disagrees with him. And and just after that, he, he throws in some rhetoric about the better angels of our nature and the good that's within us. And so the media says uh, Biden reaches out to the better angels. It's yeah. like, you know. Uh, you missed a part. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, uh, there's a gap in there bigger than Stacey Abrams' front teeth. I mean, I could drive a truck through that, that's for sure. But um, uh, speaking of that, what what would happen? Here's another another one from Jim. Groveling to officialdom is the job description for Washington journalists. And I read that and I thought, what would happen if the entire Washington press corps stood in unison and walked out? on binder Jean-Pierre. I just wonder if that would, uh, what the what the result of that would be. She's getting 80, 180 grand a year to get up and lie to the public. Well, if the entire press corps got up and walked out within uh, three or four hours, 
there'd be a whole set of new journalists who applied for those jobs, <laughs> who got uh, who got their White House press passes. They're very happy to sit there and uh, bob their heads. Well, that's probably true. Maybe that guy from Africa would finally get his question to ask. Maybe that would he'd be the only one left. Uh, he's someone who's done some very good work. He has. He has done. It's just it's remarkable that um, the way they treat him, but at least it gets exposed every once in a while. Well, we're running out of time here, and I want to get this one in before we ran out. This is this is a beauty. In Washington, truth is reckoned as the greatest enemy of democracy. Hard facts are deadly threats to a president's prerogative to define reality and impose the will of the people. Now, most epigrams you know, are supposed to be snappy and succinct and on target. And this is one that may be a few syllables longer, but none of the others pop the bullseye like this one, in my opinion. I think that's good. just perfect. You know, just good. Perfect. Thanks. That was one of the last ones I think of the year. It's something which I wrestled with, and to see, I mean, going back decades, I mean, the the media talks about the president, and the will of the people, and you know, this will of the people stuff. I mean, this is some of the da- most dangerous mysticism we have in in American life. Yeah. Well, I think anybody that has any questions about that can go back and look at the tape of that speech he made in Philadelphia where they had the, you know, the the Marines behind him and the red lights and the whole, you know, Third Reich attitude and sitting there yelling at everyone for an hour. That uh, that was bizarre. That, uh, oh, that was man. bizarre. Yeah, I, I had fun. I did a New York Post piece on that. And it was fun to try to capture the essence of that speech because it was just so odious and just so menacing. And it's like, and then, you know, the next day, well, Biden is standing up for democracy. And, you know, uh, the real problem is that Trump might have a comeback. And I'm thinking, like, you know, we got at least two problems here. So, yeah, well, I like the fact that I read a headline earlier before we went on that there was apparently uh, uh, that one of the plans that the Democrats have is to cast Biden as a threat to democracy. OK, let's uh, let's play that game. Alas, the two and only have run out of road and time and uh, must bring down the uh, the infamous and hallowed Bovard Curtain of Mercy here. So be sure to punch up jimbovard.com and read the full panoply of Jim's posting. Get all those zesty zingers in there uh, and all the ones that we didn't get to. The intelligence will serve you well. You can share them with unsuspecting friends and disturb their sleep for a good cause. You can also order a copy of Last Rites. Current events, absurdities aside, the two and only will attempt a valiant return same time next week with more scathing analysis, ribald commentary, and keen observations on our crumbling empire. For Jim Bovard, Brian Wilson reminding you, trying to lose a game of rock, paper, scissors is just as hard as trying to win. <laughs>